Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Southside Baptist Church. My name is Joshua Kerr. I am the student pastor here with us, and it's good to see you, church family, as we begin into this new season of having our uh, blended worship service. So it's good to see all of you. Uh, remember, uh, we have 1030 start time for worship service uh, and 915 uh, for connection groups starting back next week. And if you're a first time guest with us, we are so glad that you are here this morning uh, and that you chose to came to Southside. Uh, after the service, I would love to be able to speak with you. If you would just meet me out in the foyer, I'd love to uh, shake your hand this morning. Uh, but it's so good to see each and every one of you. Uh, today, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 1. Uh, Psalm chapter 1. If you can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles if you want to, uh, it will be available for you on the screen as uh, well. But New Year's is a time that we get uh, really excited about. New Year's is a time of endings and also represents a time of beginnings. It represents a time of uh, fresh starts and uh, desires to have new routines and new habits. Uh, we have New Year's resolutions. Uh, my wife and I have some New Year's res- uh, resolutions for ourselves and wanting to be a little bit healthier and to exercise more. Uh, and maybe you have something similar. Whether that's wanting to exercise, eat healthier, uh, have better uh, things in your life. And we think about that in the Christian perspective. And maybe that is uh, wanting to uh, read your Bible more. Maybe you have uh, set up a yearly plan to read through the Bible. Uh, I saw a couple of you have actually accomplished that this last year. But maybe that's something you're wanting to do uh, this year. Or maybe you're wanting a routine of uh, a prayer in your uh, life. We all have these decisions that are before us this year. Some of those decisions are going to be on the smaller side. Some of them may be major life decisions that are before you and that you are having to make uh, in this season of life that you're in. And oftentimes with like New Year's resolutions, they can begin well, but then they fall short. Right. A couple weeks in, we're not dieting the way we wanted to. That exercise routine has kind of stopped uh, and we are uh, back into the old habits and the old routines. That's what seems familiar to us. Well, this is a quote from a poet that uh, you have probably heard of before. Uh, Robert Frost says this uh, in The Road Not Taken. Uh, the Road Not Taken is the name of his poem in the first and the fourth stanzas. Two roads diverge in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood and I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. In life and in this year, you are going to face decisions. You're going to face moments of choices, whether they be small, whether they be large. Every day you will have decisions to make that are going to shape your life and shape the person that you are transforming and growing to be. Each one of us will have choices that impact our life. C.S. Lewis says it this way. Every time you make a choice... You are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses into something a little different from what it was before. You are slowly turning this central thing either into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature. With every choice we make and every decision we make in life, we are growing to be either more like Jesus or to be less 
like him. Each decision in the normal, in the mundane, in the regular of life is transforming us in one of these two directions. In the end of these two paths, the end of the path of following Christ and believing in him, being covered in his righteousness, choosing to follow him and to walk, walk with him in life and to be transformed to be more like him, ultimately leads home. The, the choice to reject Christ and to uh, go your own way and to choose self and to choose the way of the world uh, ultimately leads to destruction. And we're going to see that today in Psalm uh, chapter 1. But before we move from here, there's something that I want to say directly to my students who are here this morning, but this is for each one of us. Coming up, we have a great conference, uh, Strength of Sand. We're really excited about it. This is going to be a mountaintop experience for many. This is something that we are looking forward to, excited about, energized about. But oftentimes we can make a whole lot of these mountaintop experiences and we reduce what is in our normal life and those normal decisions of following Christ. And many may be looking at this event as the thing that's going to fix your year. We're going to go to strength to stand. I'm going to be on fire and then I'm going to be on fire from there on out. And then what happens is, is you go to the event, you have that uh, excitement, that energy. And then when you come back, you're into the same old patterns, the same old habits and that fire kind of fades. And part of that is for the very reason uh, that we just talked about. If your plan is to have that one moment define your life for Christ for the year, and then the rest of the time you're making decisions to be unplugged, you're making decisions to not be at church, you're making decisions to not read your Bible, you're making decisions to uh, not follow, follow Christ in your day-to-day life, that one moment and that little bit of energy isn't going to be enough to carry you. It's a daily walk with Christ. The fix is faith. It's repentance and it's following Jesus daily. And that's not just for our students, but that's for each one of us. That we would follow Christ in every moment of our life. Jesus doesn't just want your Sundays. He wants your whole life. He wants your Mondays, your Tuesdays, your Wednesdays, your Thursdays, your Fridays, and your Saturdays. He wants all of you. And that's something we all need to grasp. Following Jesus means walking with him in the daily, in the mundane, in the regular, on the mountaintops, in the valleys, in the points that are high, low, and everywhere in between. Psalm 1 talks about these two paths in life. So let's look at Psalm chapter 1 together. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do, but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. The first psalm is actually a great place for the book of Psalms to start. The first psalm is a, it introduces this idea and invites anyone and everyone to delight in the Lord. 
to take joy in knowing and walking with Christ. The Psalter defines those who are godly as those who delight in knowing him. The blessings and happiness of the godly are contrasted with the judgment on the wicked, uh, those who don't delight in God in this psalm. But ultimately, we have to understand theological ideas and biblical themes throughout the totality of God's word, throughout the totality of scripture. So that means we have to understand righteousness Not just as Psalm 1 is talking about it, but as righteousness as it is portrayed in the entirety of the Bible. The righteous are those who ultimately have placed their faith in Christ and are covered by his righteousness. Those who have believed in Jesus and as a result of what Christ has done for us, we are clothed not in our own trying to do good, not clothed in our own self-righteousness, but we're clothed in his righteousness. What we're talking about is not self-righteousness. It's not about doing more good uh, to try to cover ourselves with. The Bible says that these are like filthy rags. But instead, the reality is that those who are righteous by faith, you have followed Jesus and Jesus has clothed you with his own beautiful righteousness. You are now called to walk, as John said in his prayer earlier, because God is holy, he is other. You are now called to also be holy and also to be other. And that's what Psalm, is, Psalm 1 is talking about here. We are righteous in faith and now we are called to walk, to practice in that righteousness that we are clothed in. Our belief, our faith should impact our walk, should impact what we do, our our practices. And we see that here. Point one, the righteous walk a different path. We see this in the beginning in Psalm chapter one. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Oh, the joys of those who do not. This is also translated as blessed. Your translation may in fact say blessed. When we think about blessing in the Bible, there may be many things that come to your mind. We can think of many different ways that God blesses us. But ultimately, we see that the the truth of being blessed by God is this idea that when you are blessed, you are favored. God's approval rests on you. When God looks at you, he says, that one's mine. That one belongs to me. That is the fullest meaning of blessing that we see in scripture. And then from there, we can think of all the other blessings and ways that that may uh, happen. But this is the reality that his approval rests on you. The blessed person, the person who is uh, trusting in God and following him has his favor upon them. And the blessed where his favor rests, do not follow the advice of the wicked. We see three negative sentences here that involve different actions that are being made uh, by this person that we see in Psalm chapter one. We see two realities from this. First off, we see a totality of the unrighteous. The unrighteous person is, uh, speaks of a totality of the wickedness of this person. But this also, from a smaller perspective, shows somebody who is making decisions and they're making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. So we see a gradual decline in this uh, person in this verse. 
So first off, we see following the advice of the wicked. The Hebrew word that's used here is the word halak. Halak means to walk. This is a person who is actively walking. They're actively moving forward. And then they started listening to the people who are around them. And those people have led them to then moments of choice, moments of decision. But instead of uh, choosing to continue to follow the ways of God, they start to listen to the advice of the wicked, uh, also translated as schemes. They're actively choosing to, to listen to and walk in the scheming of men. So instead of following what Christ would have for them, they're listening to the group and they're making decisions that are based off that. And that leads to stagnation in this person's walk. No longer are they walking, they're now standing, the Hebrew word amod. Their walking has slowed down and they are now standing there talking with sinners. In this uh, verse, in the Hebrew as well, uh, we also see uh, the word path used, the word derek. Derek, when used in the Hebrew uh, in this way, doesn't just speak of a road. It doesn't just speak of a path that you're on, but is often used to describe one's manner of their lifestyle. So how you would describe someone to someone else. Uh, and this is uh, what is said here. So they they slow down. They're listening to people who aren't speaking truth into their life. They're listening to people who aren't speaking uh, God's wisdom into their life. And this even goes even further. The next, we see that they're sitting. The standing has stopped. They're making camp. They have sat down, yasab, with mockers. Mockers are those who are defined as having no regard at all for God. They, they don't believe in him. They don't trust him. They don't want you to believe in him. The mockers are those who uh, resist the things of God. They, they don't uh, have respect for him or his commandments. They don't choose to follow him. And so now this person who was once walking, who was once making forward progress, has completely stopped, is standing. Now he's even moved from standing to now where he's sitting and agreeing with those who are against God and mocking him. This shows a, uh, a path of the unrighteous in which this person has reached a uh, totality. It's a path that leads ultimately to devotion to self, devotion to uh, the things that you desire in your life over the things of God. And it leads to uh, following the group uh, in all those areas of life. Notice that in each of those instances, there were, there were people there whom he was listening to who influenced him. Now, there's plenty of ways that we can see this uh, at work in our society around us, whether that be different religions, different political contexts, different groups. Uh, You can see how those groups uh, form together. They defend each other and then the different roads that that would lead to from there. But this is what's happened in this person's life. He was walking. He slowed all the way down. The path of the righteous, the path of the blessed is different than this path. You ever know someone who gradually started to drift away? Um, I can think of several occasions and instances, whether that be from Bible college or from seminary, where people I knew and uh, I thought they were Christians. I thought they were people whom I could trust uh, and thought they were following Jesus. Some of these even became pastors themselves. And yet some of them began to make decisions that seemed odd. Some of them began to listen to other groups that were around them, that were influencing them. And now some of those people aren't even in ministry anymore. And some of them 
even went as far as leaving the faith. People who you once would have looked at and been like, yeah, that's a, that's a Christian. That guy's preaching. That guy's going on mission trips and doing all this stuff. And now they're not even a, a believer anymore. We can all think of experiences with people who uh, may be like this, who have left the church or left ministry because of choices and situations that arose in their path and the people who are speaking into their life. Well, Psalm 1-1 shows us a warning of what happens as well as an example in the difference in these paths, the paths of following God or the path of following yourself. But as we think about this, this year, you are going to face many different decisions in your life, many different opportunities, many different situations, many different choices. In those choices, there are going to be effects and consequences from all of those things. My encouragement for you this year is this. This year, choose Christ over self. If it's something you want to do versus something that you know that Jesus would have you to do, choose Christ over yourself. Secondly, choose Christ over whatever the group is saying. As we already mentioned, this person was listening to people he shouldn't have been listening to, and that led to impacting his decisions and his choices. Thirdly, choose to be around godly friends. But what's that mean for you? First, when facing decisions this year, you are going to be tempted to make decisions off of what you know to be right versus what you would prefer to do. A couple of examples of that. Maybe that is, uh, you know that coming to church is right. Coming to church is what God would have you to do. But you make a decision to skip, to do something else. But then that one skipping moment turns into multiple. So instead, you're not just missing one service, you're missing two, and then you're missing three, and then you're missing four. And gradually, church has become something that's less important to you because of this road of choices that have been made. Choose Christ over what you would prefer. Another thing that we see in this text is that we see a bunch of compromises happening along the way. This person who's walking in Psalm uh, chapter one is making consequences that is affecting his life, uh, making compromises that is affecting his life. Don't compromise. That, that road to walking, to standing, to sitting is a gradual road. And if you're not careful, you'll miss it. Secondly, Notice in verse one that the person is listening to is swayed by the decisions of those who are around him. Maybe that's something this year and your friends throw a party uh, and they get drunk at and they want you to join in right there with them. Your friends are leading you to a decision of uh, partying, being right there in that element uh, and sinning with them. Choose Christ over whatever the group would have you to do. Maybe that's a situation in work. Maybe you're in work and uh, your coworkers would want you to do something immoral uh, so that the company could gain or something like that. And in that moment, you'll have a choice to either do what the group says or to do what you know to be right. Choose Christ in that moment. Thirdly, as we've already mentioned, the people around you this year can influence you positively towards Christ or negatively away from him. Choose to be around people who push you to be more like Jesus. Point number two, the path of the righteous delights in the Lord. We see this starting in verse two, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. 
The righteous, those who are right with God as a result of what Christ has done in their life, take joy in knowing and walking with Jesus. They take joy. They're satisfied in walking with Christ. The righteous delight in him. But not only do they delight in him, notice here that they delight in his word. They delight in the law. The righteous delight in spending time with God in his scriptures that he has given us. Which leads me to a question. How do you treat the word of God? Is the word of God something that's viewed as an extra added to your day? Or is it viewed as something that's a priority in your day that you long to be in the word of God? There's a desire uh, to spend time in scripture. Or is the Bible treated as something less? And you'll note that you'll note here in the text that as a result of this, these people spending time in the word of God, that leads them to being like a healthy tree. They're rooted and they're fruitful. Continue time in the word with the Lord leads to them being like trees with deep roots. They're firmly planted. They rest on a solid foundation. There is growth happening in that tree. And you'll notice that there's fruitfulness in every season. Fruitfulness isn't just an oddity. Fruitfulness is part of the expected norm. Fruitfulness is something that uh, they're used to. It's not just an oddity in their life. A great example of this is something that is actually here in South Carolina. Uh, Kelly and I went and visited it and saw it uh, this summer in Charleston. Uh, the angel oak tree. Uh, the angel oak is a huge tree. Uh, it's been there for a very long time. It's stood the test of time and its roots are massive. Uh, and the girls absolutely love taking pictures uh, around angel oak. So angel oak is a tree estimated to be in excess of 400 to 500 years old. It stands 66.5 feet tall, measures 28 feet in circumference, and produces shade that covers 17,200 square feet. From tip to tip, its longest branch distance is 187 feet. Angel oak has been able to last so long and to grow so well because it is deeply rooted. It's in an environment that is uh, good for it and uh, harbors, uh, fosters that growth. It's a healthy tree with a strong foundation and a good root system. And it has been able to have continued growth. This kind of imagery of deep roots, a firm foundation, is exactly what Christ wants for you this year. God doesn't want you to just to be shallow and have roots just on the surface. God wants you to be deep in his word. God wants you to be rooted and to have, once you're rooted and in his word and you're following him and walking with him, that is the possibility then of really good growth, of having that really good fruitfulness. So this new year, a couple questions for you. Do you find yourself delighting in Christ? Do you delight in knowing the Lord? Do you delight in him? Secondly, do you delight in his word? How do you treat the word of God? Is it something that you just uh, open up on Sundays and it's closed for the rest of the week? Is it something that you open up sporadically? Or is it something that you really long to be reading uh, and to go deep into scriptures? What's this mean for you? Do you find joy in knowing Christ in every part of your life? 
Whether that be walking with Christ at school or walking with Christ in the workplace, walking in with Christ in your family, walking with Christ in uh, the situations that you will face this year. Do you find do you find satisfaction in Jesus when things get difficult and when life gets hard? When things get challenging, how do you treat Christ? Is it something where there's a lack of trust or do you trust him? Secondly, do you value God's word? Do you take time to dive deep? Do you value the word of God? And if not, why? Why is that the case? And then thirdly, is your faith maturing and is it founded? Are are you rooted like uh, a strong tree? When things get challenging and hard uh, and don't go your way, do you find yourself mad at God or do you find yourself trusting him? Fruitfulness may not mean an overabundance of fruit. Plants at different levels are going to have different levels of fruitfulness. Uh, We can see that uh, in our world. But this year, is there more fruit in your life than there was last year? We've been talking about uh, the fruits of the Spirit uh, this last semester in students. Uh, but are there, is there more patience in your life than last year? Is there more self-control in your life than last year? Is there more joy in your life this year than last year? Are you growing in fruitfulness? Thirdly, we see where the paths lead. Where the paths lead, starting in verse four, but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. The path of the wicked ultimately leads to judgment. It ultimately leads to condemnation for those who reject Christ, for those who don't walk with God, for those who don't respond to the gospel. There's a very real threat there. Judgment is something in this way that none of us want to experience. But that is the end of this path of following self, of following the way of the world, of following sin, of following the enemy's lies. It leads to destruction. You see here that the wicked are like chaff compared to the righteous who are like a tree. Uh, The Bible says that the unrighteous here are uh, like chaff, easily uh, moved around. Uh, It's fading. It's easily scattered by a light breeze. It's flaky, unreliable. Their destination is not the same place as that of the godly. These two rows of following Jesus, ultimately, or rejecting Christ, lead to two different endings. One leads to destruction, and the path of the righteous ultimately leads us home. It leads us home to where he is, to where Christ is. And you'll notice in this passage that as we are on this path and as we are following him, the Lord watches over them. Every step of the journey, every decision, choice you face this year, every part of it. Christ isn't just distant and away from, even if you're not aware of his presence in that moment. 
Even if you're in a situation where you don't know what to do or what is before you, maybe you're facing a financial uh, a health situation, uh, a family situation, a work situation. Christ is right there. He is watching over you. He's always present. So as we apply this, following Jesus leads home. The journey at times can seem long. It can seem all sorts of ups and downs and all kind of loop-de-loops thrown in. But following Jesus is always worth it. Those that place their faith in him are truly blessed. God's favor is upon them. My challenge for you this year is to live by faith. To live by faith. Take the road that's less traveled. The path of unrighteousness leads to destruction. It ultimately leads to more of self and selfishness and emptiness. Be like a tree rooted and fruitful, not like the chaff that's easily moved and carried along. So let's recap this together. The righteous walk a different path. It's a narrow path that's lived by faith and following Jesus daily. Secondly, the righteous delight in knowing God and they delight in his word. Do you delight in him this year? Do you delight in spending time in scripture? Thirdly, the paths of the unrighteous and the righteous lead to very different destinations, very different destinations. Jesus also talks about these two paths in the New Testament. In the New Testament, in Matthew seven thirteen through 14, we see this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Ultimately, we know that Christ himself is the gate. He is the, the path that leads to home. He is the path that leads to where the father is. Two roads diverged in a wood and I took the one less traveled by and it has made all the difference. Well, I once had a t-shirt that said, uh, I chose the road less traveled by and now I don't know where I am. (laughs) And maybe that's you today. Maybe you've been following Christ. Maybe you've been following Jesus. And you're at a fork in the road moment and you don't know which decision to take. Maybe that's a financial situation before you this year. Maybe that's something in your health. Maybe that's something uh, in so many different ways. And right now you don't even know which way is up and which way is down. To you, I want you to remember this, that the Lord is right there with you. He's not far away He's not distant. Even if you can't feel him, he knows exactly where you are. And he is watching over you this year. And if you are, if you belong to him, you have chosen to follow him and you are walking with him. You are truly blessed. Even if we're not always aware of it. Maybe you're here this morning. And you've drifted off the path that you should be on. In all honesty, you haven't been walking with the Lord in this last year the way you would want to. You've been making plenty of decisions 
that would make yourself even question, are you following Christ the way you should? Well, today can be a day where you head in a new direction. Today can be a day where you get back on the right path. For us, it's ultimately not about good decisions and good choices. Those things are important, yes. It's ultimately this question. This year, what are you going to do with Jesus? How will, we, how will you respond to Christ? Are you going to follow him? And maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, Pastor, I've, I'm on the road that I don't want to be on. I'm on the road that leads to an ending that I don't want to be at. And the good news for you is this morning is also a morning where you can have a fresh start. This is a morning where you can choose to follow Christ. And in church, we call this idea repentance. I know I'm going the wrong direction and I want to go a different direction. So I'm choosing to uh, stop going that way, to repent, to turn and to follow a different direction. This is the idea of repentance. Today can be that day for you. Here in a moment, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. In this prayer, uh, this itself won't save you. It's an expression of what's happening inside right now as the Holy Spirit is moving and speaking to you in your life. It's a moment where we call out to the Lord. And if you're here this morning and you know that you're following a path that leads to an ending that you don't want, and you're here and you want to choose Jesus this morning, I would invite you to follow him. I'm going to ask everyone uh, to bow their heads and to close your eyes for a moment. I don't know how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning. Maybe it's a decision that you need help with. I want you to rest in him and I want you to choose Jesus this year. Maybe you've drifted off the path that you know you should be on. Today's the day you can come back to him. And maybe you're here and you want to walk with him for the first time. If you're here and that's you, if you'll say this prayer with me, believing in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know I have been lost and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and that you rose from the dead. I repent of my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust you and to follow you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me and thank you for saving me. Amen. Everybody's head still bowed, eyes still closed for a moment. If you're here today and that's you and you have chosen to follow Christ and you have uh, asked him to be your Lord and Savior, I would just like to be able to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm not going to ask you to do anything like that. But if that's you, would you please just raise your hand so I can pray for you this morning? In whatever ways that the Holy Spirit is speaking into your life, I pray that you would be obedient to him. Everybody can look up. Remember, we are all on a journey, <coughs> excuse me, in life. There are different paths <coughs> and choices that lie before you this year. I lost my voice. <coughs> and whatever comes your way this year, choose Jesus. <coughs> excuse me. 
Let me say that last line again, hopefully a little bit better. And whatever, whatever faces you this year, <clears throat> choose to follow Christ. Choose Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. <clears throat> we thank you for a fresh start to this year. Lord, we pray that we would follow you, that we would be obedient, and that we would choose you. In every situation, in every moment, in every choice we face. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for being here. No activities uh, tonight. Uh, And we'll see you next Sunday. You're dismissed.